Breaking it down with Frank McKay. The most intriguing talk in talk radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Ransom Notes. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, our host each and every week, the author of Ransom Notes, the subject of the documentary Ransom Notes, and so much more. Uh, her television station is a work in progress, and it is uh, is already nice. And we'll, we'll talk about that more and more as we get more and more content for you. But we urge everyone to 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 listen to us each and every week, and uh, binge listen to any past shows. And even if they're on a subject that touched on something a while ago. Uh, you'll find universal lessons here given by our host each and every week, Kathy Ransom. Kathy, how are you? I am fine because you know what season of the year is approaching rapidly? It's spelled G-O-L-F. Golf. Golf. Oh, you like that. And this week we have our first meeting of our little senior league to meet and sort of make plans for the coming season that starts in about two weeks from today. And I am getting excited. I know, I know, I won't hit the ball really, really long, but I'm still able to get out there on the green. And uh, I'm going to, between now and the, ver- and the very start, I probably need to go out to the driving range and loosen up my arms. But I do love to play golf, even if I'm not a good golfer. And you know the joy of our golf league is, is something that all seniors should, that are really finding that their golf skills are diminishing, and mine certainly are, And uh, is that we have this league that, yes, we, we go out and we have teams and, and we keep score, but the and we put in a whole dollar a a game for prizes. Uh, I mean, you know, that that really, you know, that just about breaks you, but that whole dollar. <laughs> and then we have this fella who is one of our members who comes up with all the crazy ways that you can win. And they are not because you're the best golfer. Because we were finding that two or three of the people on the, and we usually have 12 to 20 of people that are playing. So it's not a huge league. Uh, but it was always the same two or three because they were the best golfers. Everybody else had put their money in. They never got any back. So he came up of ways to help anybody. It was more by chance. And that was the nicest thing. And we won't go into the ways, you know, it was, it might be who had the, which team had the most putts that uh, were one putt or how many, maybe it was chip-ins or maybe it was, uh, combined scores that had the most nine shots, you know, it was crazy things, so that it really was not necessarily the best golfer. And that makes it so much more fun. We just all enjoy each other, and it's a happy league. And when you're doing exercise and recreation and being with friends, for it to be a happy time is much better than stress. No doubt. Oh, that's that, that sounds wonderful. I wish I was closer to you. I'd try to join up with uh, with you folks. I mean, that is uh, that's that's a nice way to do it too. This way, the the best and the strongest and the uh, well in golf it doesn't matter how quick you are, but the uh, the best putter 
doesn't only enjoy themselves, his or herself, uh, but instead, instead everybody has a chance to win and have fun. Yeah, and and we only play nine holes because we're all, and it's a nice little golf course that we do. But today, I want to talk. I want to ask you a question. Have you ever felt you were an empty jar? Oh. An empty jar. Well, I think sometimes when I used to go into a class, I'd say, you know, I'm I'm coming in not knowing anything. I'm gonna see what he or she has to offer, and I'm going to I'm going to learn. Or if I uh, if, if I'm you know seeing a new let's let's say a new preacher, a new uh, and I do that from time to time. I'll go to a different church or a friend's church. Uh, a parish, and, and I'll try to go in with an open mind, and maybe that's like an empty jar. I, th- I think that's a nice analogy. I'm going to just remind our audience of a, an event that happened in the Old Testament in, in Second Kings, the fourth chapter. And you maybe hear, remember uh, in your studies of the Old Testament that there was this widow, and she was facing uh, disaster in her life, uh, and, and she was approaching a friend to try and get some help because her sons were just about to be taken from her because she didn't have enough money to pay the family debt. Her, uh, she was a widow, and she needed, she needed some help. And the prophet came up and said, what could, Elisha, what could I do to help? And she said, well, I don't have any money. I don't have any food. All I have in my house is one small jar of olive oil. And Elisha immediately said, hmm, let me tell you what you need to do. Go have your sons ask the neighbors for all the empty jars. And you know, in those days, they would have had these big jugs or jars that they kept all kinds of stuff. It could be oil or it could be water. Ask them for all of their jugs, empty jugs, and bring them back inside. And when the boys had brought them back, why, they set them inside the, the house. They closed the door, and then the, Elisha told them, now, take that olive oil, that oil that you have, that little bit, and start pouring it into all of these, in, into the, the, the jars that you brought back. And so they started pouring them, and she would fill it up, and the boys would set one behind, beside, and she'd fill another one. Finally, all the empty jars were filled. Miraculously, the oil stopped flowing. God was at work. So then Elisha said to the mother, because remember, she has no money. She needs to pay the debt. She's going to lose her sons. And can you imagine what a creditor would do with two young boys? I mean, it makes you sort of get, get sort of sad. So he said, go sell that oil that's in those jugs that I, that you just poured in from that little bit that you had, the miracle, God helped it increase and increase. And uh, so the woman did it. She went and sold all of the, the oil, and she comes back, and then he says to her, now listen, God is in charge. She sold it all. Now you live on what's left after you paid off your debt. A wonderful miracle. She had to fill the empty jars. So let me make a second story, if I may. Not a Old Testament story, a real story that happened in 21st century, or 
No, yeah, no, 20th century, not 21st century. A friend of mine was on a mission trip. He was in uh, uh, Nigeria. He was visiting a Christian hospital that was to be opened up. He was giving the uh, opening comments that you often have when a, a building is opened up. And the, and the hospital was being built in the sort of in memory and in honor and recognition of a missionary who had been murdered while he was in Nigeria. So, you know, it was, uh, it was a nice thing to, it was a very wonderful thing to, to, to do that. And uh, as my friend was speaking, he reminded the people that they should fill the shoes of the slain missionary. And he held up a pair of his own tennis shoes that were getting running shoes that he was not planning to bring back to the States with him. And he made the challenge. And he's got, so he's got this visual uh, object lesson for him. And, and his question was, who will fill these shoes? Well, the presentation was over. People are standing around. And a woman comes up to him and asks if he's going to give the shoes away. And he said, well... Uh, if they fit you, they're yours. She said she needed an eight and a half, and believe it or not, it, that happened to be the size of the shoes. So he told her to wear them and be a blessing, and he came back home to the States. Ten years later, the story continues. Uh, one of the missionaries at the uh, hospital, uh, who was a brother-in-law of the slain missionary, called my friend, and he said, there's a certain lady that would really like to see you again. And Paul made it a possibility to uh, take a trip back to Nigeria. And when he gets there, this woman comes up to him. And she tells him, thanks him for the gift of the shoes. What she had done was take those shoes and then dedicated her life to working in that hospital and becoming indispensable to the mission people because many of the missionaries would be uh, uh, not natives of, of Nigeria, and she would be so helpful because she could make contacts and do all. She was filling his shoes. It reminded me that she filled the shoes, the widow filled Isaiah. the jars, and then I thought of Catherine, me. I was trying to write this story, Frank, and I couldn't bring it to a conclusion. My head was empty. So one morning, as I was just about ready to get out of bed, I said, Lord, you've got to help me try to make the right conclusion to this illustration, because I think, I think there's a connection between the empty pots and the empty shoes. I go to take my shower, and as I'm in the shower... Suddenly, my head is filled with some ideas. Frank, I think the Holy Spirit answered my prayer, helped my brain to turn on, and I began to make the ending to the story that we each have to put on our spiritual boots, fill them with love, fill them with care. We have to hop on the job and get busy. But the Holy Spirit and the Lord will help us as we try to maybe fill somebody else's empty jar, 
because we filled our heart with love. Wow, beautiful ending. Wow. So. Very impressive. You can turn to 2 Corinthians 13 and you can find out about love as we put on our spiritual boots. For it says, what we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us, you, Frank, me, Frank, and all of our listeners. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught us from the spirit. So when you get ready to be a witness or when you need to be a witness and you think, wow, I don't know what to say, give a little prayer to the Spirit and say, hey, guy, Spirit, third of the Trinity, I need some help. He'll be there. Wonderful. Wow. You know, I just got caught up and I'm just listening. and I was kind of wondering where where you would go. And uh, what, what a beautiful yeah, what a beautiful story uh, from start to finish. And, uh, yeah, I, I hope everyone appreciated uh, that the way I did. I, sometimes I, I forget I'm, I'm here with you, and I'm just kind of listening, and I'm taking in everything. That is beautiful. Kathy and I, that is absolutely you. beautiful. Uh, a final thought for us? Well, there was a Weight Watchers group meeting at the First Presbyterian Church, and there was a sign on the door. Please... Remember which group is meeting? The Weight Watchers. Please use the large double door at the side entrance. <laughs> I know, sort of sad. So then there was the a low esteem support group meeting also. And the notice for them said, we will meet Thursday at 7 p.m. Remember their low esteem? Yeah. Please use the back door. <laughs> I know. Isn't it crazy? We sometimes write things. I mean, these are real things that appear, real statements appear. And I don't, nobody meant to insult anybody in either of those. But when you really sort of look at them, hey, have a good week. You too. Kathy Ransom, everyone. Uh, author and radio show and pod, uh, podcast show host, uh, Kathy Ransom. Each and every week you can uh, hear her right here. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Ransom Notes. You've been listening to Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. The most intriguing talk in talk radio. Talk radio.